Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey, one of the MCSCs at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online early, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to uh, to help you out. But as usual and customary, we do have technology news for you. I'm going to bring up a quick headline because we actually have the author of this story coming on around 9.15. But the headline here on Ziff Davis, ZDNet, um, which one of the tech blogs that we uh, reference a lot, SimSwap horror story. I've lost decades of data, and Google won't lift a finger. Uh, first, they hijacked my T-Mobile service. Then they stole my Google and Twitter accounts and charged my bank with $25,000 worth of Bitcoin. I'm stuck in my own personal mirror episode. Why will nobody help me? Uh, the author of that story and the victim of that issue, Matt Miller, will be on with us today, this morning at 9.15. He'll kind of describe what happened to him. And just how the cloud may not care so much about you, and uh, what he had to do to try to unravel his his mess that he's has gotten uh, into. We talked a while back about Tesla, and how that that Tesla. I, I joke with other Tesla friends of mine who have Teslas, and I tell them I'm not parking my car near your near your Tesla because it's just going to spontaneously combust. And so Tesla has uh, explained why one of their Model S's spontaneously combusted <laughs> um, in Shanghai, and I laugh, but it is scary. Uh, basically, one they say a single battery module caught fire. A single one. kind of sounds small when they say single, doesn't it? Just a single battery, caught, <clears throat> single battery module caught fire, and of course, the rest is history, and the thing totally toasted about 15 cars in the, uh, in the parking lot there in the Shanghai fire. Well, it turns out, you guys driving around in, in your Teslas, you have 16 of these modules in your Tesla battery below your feet. And uh, the folks at Tesla have tried, and when this initial thing happened back in April, they sent out an over-the-air update of the battery to modify the charging and heat and what have you. They've done even more updates on your battery software uh, to, uh, what is it, quote-unquote, uh, pushed an over-the-air update to the Model S and Model X vehicles in order to protect the vehicle and improve battery life. Now, just using any kind of logic, if the battery is going to catch fire just by sitting there doing nothing, what might they be doing to your battery to improve the battery life? They're not really talking about the life of your vehicle being able to go a certain amount of mileage. My guess, like Apple did, is they're turning down the efficacy of your battery, maybe reducing some of your range in order to make sure that your batteries don't just explode. Uh, so, this is a very similar issue to any lithium-ion battery issues that we've heard out there. I'm sure Tesla will get it fixed, but it, you know, to say just a single little module broke, well, 
Well, you only have to have a single little module uh, explode in your cell phone. To get exactly, fire. yeah, and your pants are on fire. <laughs> so, you don't necessarily have to be a liar, liar. Exactly. <laughs> so this is what Tesla said. We'll put the link up there for you to read it yourself. Uh, Bob, what do you got to bring up in, te- in technology news? All right. Uh, let's talk about murder suspect identified by DNA database has now been convicted. Ah, boy. The trial tested the strength of new crime-solving technique. Mm-hmm. Okay. A defendant has been found guilty of murder in what's believed to be the first trial brought against a criminal suspect identified through the public DNA database GED match. Marking a major milestone for the new police investigation tool, a mm-hmm. Washington State jury found on Friday convicted William Earl Tabbitt II on two counts of aggravated murder. The victims were a young Canadian couple, Jay Cook and Tanya Van Kohlenberger. Mm. Uh, Talbot was identified because of his distant relatives uh, submitted their DNA profiles to GED Match, a public database where people who've used services like Ancestry.com, MyHeritage, and 23andMe mm-hmm. can all share their data. Interesting. It's the same database that helped experts called genetic genealogists identify Joseph James D'Angelo as a suspect in the Golden State Killer case in 2018. Mm-hmm. Since then, suspects have been identified in more than 50 cases dating back as far as 1967. Wow. To find persons of interest in criminal investigations, genetic genealogists upload DNA data found at the crime scene Mm -hmm. to GED Match and look for matches to distant relatives. Mm -hmm. Next, they build a family tree and conduct research to identify who the suspect might be. Police then follow the possible suspects and collect their DNA if it matches the crime scene. Mm -hmm. Okay. C.C. Moore, a genetic genealogist who works for uh, forensic company... Parabon Nanolabs mm-hmm. uploaded DNA collected from uh, semen found at the crime seed in her effort to identify Talbot. The technique has privacy experts on watch. They say there hasn't been enough public debate on when and how the technique should be used, and there could be privacy concerns re- regarding how investigators collect and use DNA. Right. However, Talbot's lawyers didn't take issue with the use of genetic genealogy during the trial mm-hmm. or bring any privacy challenges against the evidence according to the Herald newspaper in Snohomish County, where the trial took place. Gotcha. And so, yeah, there's a little more to the article, but... So go ahead and submit your DNA to 23andMe, and you could, you know... So if you've committed committed a crime back in the 60s... And your relatives... You're not off the hook. No, good. <laughs> that's, that's great. I'm, I'm not, I, I think that's pretty cool on first blush. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of privacy issues that we have to think about, but I kind of like the idea that you can catch a killer that way. Yeah, no, oh, I agree. Or and, a rapist or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a lot of evil out there, and some of them, I'm sure, think that they've gotten away scot-free. Yeah. What else you got, Bob, real quick? Okay. Uh, you want to talk about the—you had a space thing going on there, didn't you? Cookies in space. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. Then. Yeah. But it's not NASA doing it, right? <laughs> no, but it's working with the space program. Yeah. Hilton, okay, is sending— Dough and an oven to the ISS. That's the International Space Station, for those of you who don't know. Yeah. The prototype space-friendly oven is part of a microgravity cooking experiment. Uh-huh. Astronauts in the International Space Station will soon be snacking on double chocolate chip cookies from <laughs> Fresh-baked. Fresh-baked. 
from Doubletree by Hilton, if all goes according to the plan. The wholesale chain will be sending a batch of cookie dough and a prototype space-friendly oven up on a rocket later this year as part of a microgravity cooking experience. How the heck did that get past all the protocols? Okay. Oh, yeah, it's the hotel people want to send them oven and some dough. That's, <laughs> it's a marketing thing. Well, you know, I mean, not going to be long. Will they have uh, the Hilton uh, uh, Double Tree by Hilton? Will probably be the first one to have uh, a, a hotel marketing in space. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the ISS, they'll just uh, hook up. <laughs> then they can charge rent or whatever. This can't happen. This is not real. So the this lack- is fake news. It's not fake news. No. <laughs> Right. This is uh, the lack of gravity in space limits what what can be consumed up there. Yeah. With astronauts needing to avoid food with lots of crumbs, sure. so these are going to be the soft, gooey ones, mm. not the uh, crumbly what ones. What could go wrong? Crumbs or particles that could float around and damage equipment. Yeah, have you seen these guys squirting water and stuff? And you know they're they're, they're sipping tang, is flight and flying around, and they didn't care about all the sticky tang. Well, how about water or liquid water in goes space? out and a guy and it goes bloop, 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 and yeah. then they just like suck it in like jello? Yeah, that's okay, but crumbs are that's the end of the world. Well, I don't you know. <laughs> now, what do I know about space? But it could be a crummy experience. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that uh, was bad. As we uh, <laughs> celebrate our, you know, dad jokes are my yeah, uh, what your, you call your speciality. My speciality, yes. <laughs> As we celebrate our hundredth year, we're excited to send our hospitality into orbit, said Sean. McAteer, Senior Vice President and Global Brand Head of Doubletree by Hilton. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about a hotel. He, Set in an oven and cookie dough to space like it's a thing. He added, the goal is to share the moment of enjoying a warm cookie with the astronauts <laughs> up on the ISS. Oh, my gosh. Hilton is partnering with, with uh, space appliance maker, maker Zero-G Kitchen on the project and will gain commercial access to space through uh, provider NanoRacks. All right. The hotel chain is also launching hospitality and space program for 50,000 middle school classrooms across the nation All in right. partnership with Scholastic. Is it at least gluten-free? I mean, those astronauts <laughs> got to be careful. It doesn't say, yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. We'll put a link up for that as yeah, well. Yeah, I thought that was cool. So we're going to take a quick break, and we've got Matt Miller on the line. He'll be giving us his... Uh, First-hand story. Uh, he wrote an article on Z, uh, ZDNet. We have it posted over at Computer Talk with Tab already. Sim swap horror story. I've lost decades of data, and Google won't lift a finger. So we'll be right back with Matt after this quick break. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 1-800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. But I want to bring on Matt Miller. Matt Miller is a uh, tech blogger for uh, ZDNet, Ziff Davis. And uh, he's been a tech blogger for a long time, and he's also the co-host of Mobile Tech Roundup Podcast. And he had an awful experience with something called a SIM swap or SIM jacking, where he lost decades of data and Google wouldn't lift a finger, according to his article. Matt, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for being uh, being available to come on. You're still kind of dealing with this mess, aren't you? Yeah, I've got uh, the end of the story is is mostly mostly wrapped up. There's a there's still a lot of work on my part to uh, to fully um, get my accounts back to where they were, but at least I have them under my control now. So let's let's let people know what happened to you. I mean, you you you're just you know woke up on a Monday morning, everything seemed fine, and then you it went downhill quite rapidly. Yeah, it was actually kind of interesting. You know, I, I uh, being a tech blogger and stuff, I'm on Twitter quite a bit for uh, for ZDNet and things like that. And I have uh, 
uh, a daughter who's also in tech, so she follows me, mm-hmm. and, um, and she she came out about it was about uh, eleven o'clock on a Monday night and woke me up and said, "Dad, Dad, I think your Twitter's been hacked. There's Uh-oh. a post up there that says something like, uh, 'I'm kind of a big deal.' I'm like, what? Oh, geez. So, so that was my first sign was, you know, her telling me that Twitter was hacked, and I thought that was it. So, but I rolled over, picked up my iPhone, and I had a text message from T-Mobile saying. Your phone number, blah blah blah, has been moved to another SIM. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Yeah. And, and I had no, I had no signal or anything on my phone. So, my priority became my phone before the Twitter uh, issue. So, right. um, I went downstairs, and thankfully, I, I also had a Google Fi phone. You know, being a, being a writer about phones, I have yeah. multiple SIMs and things like that. Yeah. So, I, uh, I called up because I tried on first on my phone to call six one one. People told me even without. Connection, you can still talk to customer service. Well, that didn't work. Jeez. Oh, so, so I used Google Fi. Called mm-hmm. the T-Mobile representative. Said, "What's going on here?" And they said, "Yeah, your 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 phone number has been transferred to another SIM." I'm like, "Well, I don't understand. My right. my SIM is in my phone next to my bed, and it hasn't been moved." Yeah. So, so that's a SIM. That's called like, SIM jacking, right? I mean, that's a thing that. It's not supposed to be able to happen, but we've had numerous examples recently with people being simjacked, especially with with these cryptocurrency wallets, where they're they're targeted by the folks within the Verizon store, the mobile T-Mobile store. There has to be an inside guy along with the hacker to to simjack the phone so that these two factor authentications go to the bad guy. How did it happen with you, where the, your phone was sitting next to you? Yeah, and see that that's the confusing part that a lot of people in my first article had a lot of comments of like. What so somebody took your phone and took your SIM card and no, you know my my physical SIM card never moved. But you know in today's technology, um, especially like the Google Fi phones mm-hmm. and 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 the iPhones, there's eSIM technology in there. So there's an electronic SIM. You don't even need to have the physical SIM card anymore. Right. Um, and so I'm not quite sure how they did it, but it, in, it they either gave enough of my personal information to the representative that they talked to either in the store or on the phone mm-hmm. to take my number and convince them that it was me that was calling, you know, say I lost a phone and here's right. my information. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know the details and I haven't yet found out how the person was able to take it yep. from me. That'll be the um, next article I suspect. Well, I, I haven't found any information on that, so I don't know if it's going to happen. Oh, boy. You know, I, I did get, receive some information from people that said, well, I don't know if you remember, many years ago when they first started allowing porting of your number from one carrier to another, mm-hmm. um, somebody was thinking that that might have been my situation. But to be honest, T-Mobile never said anything about the number being ported off T-Mobile. So I don't know if it ever left the network mm. because all I did to get it back that evening was I went through the representative, gave gave them some information, and then they said, okay, we, we see there's you know there's five phones in your family plan. We're going to send a text message to one of those phones, and you go get that code and give it to me. And so I actually got it back pretty easily. But I asked them. I said, "Well, then why, when the person called the first time, didn't you make them right. send a text message to one of my phones?" Yeah. I mean, that could have been one one method of verification. And they said, "Well, we can't discriminate if you'd called and lost, and you gave us enough information." I was like, "Okay, that, that's not very helpful." Not at I'm all. Worried. Yeah. It could happen again. You know. Yeah. All right, so they've taken your phone. Your Twitter account's been hacked. And then yeah, what happens? So, so I got my phone back. That that was the first thing. And then I went into Twitter, went to log in, couldn't log in. Right. Password wouldn't work. I'm like, okay, let me reset it. And and 
And the only thing with Twitter is it's assigned to a specific email account. Mm -hmm. And so I had them send an email to there. So then I went to Gmail to look up my reset password information. Well, I couldn't get into Gmail. I'm like, what? Why is my password not working there? Oh, my goodness. And then in Gmail, when your password doesn't work, right, I had, thinking I was safe, I had two-factor authentication set up. Of course. Where it, would send a, where it would send a text message to my phone. Well, I didn't have my phone back at the time that I was doing that, so I couldn't get a text message. But then I, I was going through the different steps, right? So mm-hmm. on, on Google, when you forget your password, there's other backup recovery methods. Yeah. Um, so I started walking through those. One was the phone number, and... Well, the, the last three digits or two digits or whatever had been changed. Oh, boy. So then I tried, uh, you know, a backup fo- uh, email address. Well, that's different now. I'm like, oh, man, somebody got in there. And they, they changed just about everything that I had set up for recovery. But there was one email address that they didn't change that I was able to get sent. And then I filled out the form and it said, okay, we'll look into this and we'll get back to you in three to five days. Mm. I'm like, oh my gosh, because, <laughs> you know, I had, I had uh, maybe placed too much faith in, in cloud services or something because I had backed up quite a bit of information to Google Drive. Yeah, you had mentioned. I was worried because there was, there was stuff up there I didn't want somebody to have access to. And they technically did. Yes, they had access to my Google Drive, uh, my Google Fi account ended up being deactivated. Yeah. I mean, it just anything that was associated with Google was messed up. And one thing I didn't think much about, and, and we probably majority of listeners may do this, right, is you go into use Chrome, mm-hmm. you log into a website, and then Chrome prompts you, would you like to save this password? Oh, of course. I, I don't remember all these passwords. Right. So you save all these passwords, right? Yeah. Now this person has access. And, and when I finally recovered the account, I saw that I had 350 passwords saved up on Google that were now – I had to go change all those different accounts, the ones I still had. Oh, know, my to, goodness. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I, I don't save a password in Chrome, but, but I'm a little more well, cynical than you. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've really changed my practices, you know, yeah. since that time. Yeah. So, they, so technically, he, whatever data – this is kind of key for the listeners – the hacker literally had every access to everything on that Google Drive. He could have already, I mean, not to, not to freak you out further, but you already know this. He already downloaded all. He could have downloaded everything you put it up there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So be careful. The moral of the story is be careful putting unencrypted data up on the cloud ever. Yes. Period. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, look at what happened with the fappening. You've heard about that, all the naked nudies out there. That was just the iCloud accounts being hacked, and all these celebrities are wondering why everyone... Seeing everything, same idea. So, all right. So you got through Google, and now you got five to six days worth of waiting for Google to get back to you because they don't care, right? And Twitter was no help because Twitter, um, I had to fill out the every time I filled out the form with different email address, it required that I have the form filled out for Gmail. So Twitter, I couldn't do anything. All right. So Matt, we're coming again. We're coming up against a hard break. So you can can you can you uh, hang through a news break at the bottom of the hour and continue with the story. Sure, no problem. All right, great. We're going to keep uh, putting Matt on hold, and he'll get back to explaining his horror stories of being simjacked and what happened and uh, why you have to be careful about this. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. And on the line, we uh, have Matt Miller. And uh, Matt is a tech blogger for ZDNet. He's also the co-host of the Mobile Tech Roundup. 
And uh, he's been kind of explaining his uh, article he's got on ZDNet, which I strongly recommend you you uh, read. We have it linked over at computertalkwithtab.com. SimSwap Horror Story. I've lost decades of data, and Google won't lift a finger. And uh, so Matt's with us here. So, Matt, continue on with the story. You were talking about, you know, you, Google, your Google Fi got taken over, your Google account got taken over. Uh, this bad guy is continuing to drive you crazy. Where are we? Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty much just now having to wait uh, wait for Google um, because, he, he, you know, you fill out this form, recovery form and things. So what I, one thing I did do is I went back in there to fill out the recovery form again. Just I, I wasn't sure if I should just wait or if I remember other information I should submit to them to help them recover my account. So I went back through, and, and some of the things that popped up for recovery are Google Authenticator, Mm -hmm. uh, a, a secondary cell phone number for a text code, an eight-digit backup code, mm -hmm. any other phone numbers associated with your account, an email recovery, which I which I mentioned, I still had one email showing up there. Right. And then also an, an interesting question they asked is, when was the month and year when you started using Gmail? <laughs> How would you so, remember that? Well, so the only question I could answer was that one email until the hacker eventually took that email away. Oh, geez. But my but my wife had a brilliant idea. She yeah. goes. Okay, you've been using Gmail forever, but what were you using before that? I said, well, I was using Yahoo. She goes, see if that Yahoo account is still active. Log in and see in the sent mail when you last sent an email. <laughs> so I went in there, and I found you know the month and year. I put that in there, and it must have worked because the next week, you know, the the five business days later, Google did contact me to get my account back. So five days <laughs> later, yeah. Wow, your wife's a genius, but five days later, that's ridiculous. I know, and, that, and that, see, I understand if you're just using free services, right. but I pay I pay extra for Google Drive <laughs> uh, capacity. I have I yeah. pay for Google Fi. I'm a paying customer. I kind of expected a little bit more customer service than that, you know. Yeah, I hear you, but the cloud doesn't care that much about us, there, Matt. As you're as you're finding <laughs> out. <laughs> All right, yeah. so so now beyond this. Uh, Twenty-five grand worth of Bitcoin? What the heck happened there? Well, yeah. See, so I, got, I, I, I had my T-Mobile account back that night. The Google and Twitter weren't under my control. A couple of days later, uh, somebody took my SIM card, took my mobile number again. They, they, they jacked they it again? Twice. Oh, again. my yeah. gosh. Which I thought was – I was really upset at this point at T-Mobile because I'm like, listen – Obviously, if somebody calls twice in two days that they're switching their phone, there's something going on. Yeah, put a know? flag on the account for crying out loud. Use that great CRM program they've written to make sure they manage their customers perfectly, right? All this great technology. Hey, this guy's been jacked once. Don't let it happen again. Not yeah, They absolutely. let it happen again. Let it happen again. And, you know, what I learned then in the second call was there is a – uh, I think it's called a port authorization pin. So it's a pin. I already had a pin on my account, but this is another pin on the sim yeah so i added that to it but why didn't that first customer service representative make sure i had that in place the first time right, well, right. And, and so i also <laughs> asked him i said listen is there any way that you can just put in my account nobody's allowed to change my phone number again unless you go into a physical store and show an identification there you go and you put that in there yeah and you put that in there well they couldn't do it over the phone but thankfully i had some contacts at t-mobile I, I got that exact thing set up so well, that's, that's only because you're you're a high-powered tech blogger, but the rest of us would be unable to do that, right? Yes, and that's what scares me. And I, I think the carriers, 
especially U.S. carriers, need to take this more serious because, I, you know, as a result of writing that, writing that story, I, I can't believe how many people this has happened to. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And that's the funny thing too, Matt. I mean, I sound like a uh, like some kind of, kind of crazy person talking about how the cloud is unreliable and the security is unreliable all the time and I'm the kook, but you're finding out that it's it's happening all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing. So this $25 Bitcoin, the guy tried to actually move he got to your bank account somehow and tried to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. So, you know, at first my wife thought Google and Twitter, she's like, ah, oh, whatever, who cares if they hack those accounts? But as soon as as soon as soon I got this withdrawal alert of $25,000 to, to uh, Bitcoin, my wife's concern went skyrocketing, right? Because I don't have 25000 sitting around in the checking account for that. So I called up the bank and, and you know, they were going to do an investigation and close and, and freeze my account and all this stuff. So uh, long story short, it ended up, you know, I, I had filled out all the forms you're supposed to fill out when you get your identity. You know, there's the uh, IC3, there's mm-hmm. FTC, there's all these forms you're supposed to fill out to alert people. Yeah. I got a call from a detective that with that, and he said, you know, I think this, I think this is related to cryptocurrency. And I never, that never even crossed my mind. I thought somebody was attacking me because I'm on Twitter. Maybe I said something that offended somebody. Right, you're a big deal, quote unquote, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> It turns out this whole thing was probably related, and me and Kevin Tofel, who my podcast co-host, yeah. we kind of goofed around a couple of years ago. We bought a couple hundred dollars in Bitcoin just to kind of see what it was. Yeah, right? yeah. I had I did not close my Coinbase account, and unfortunately, that account had my bank still tied to it. Oh, so this is this is what kicked. This is the reason this all happened. So I don't know if the hacker somehow got into Coinbase and saw, oh, this guy, let's go after this guy. So that's, that, it it truly was all related to cryptocurrency. Well, yeah, 25 Um, grand's a big number. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've read stories uh, after that, that hundreds of thousands and lots of money has been taken from people for that, so. Wow. So there's another thing, guys. I mean, fake money like Bitcoin, um, you know, I talked about that being something that needs to stop as well. This is ridiculous. It's a pump and dump scheme. And uh, again, these Bitcoin, I was at a party at a graduation party uh, just last Saturday and some guys talking to me about, oh, I'm making all this money in Bitcoin. And I went and looked at the value because Bitcoin was tanking again just a little while ago. Now it's pumped up already, but it's tanked. It literally after that Saturday party, the Monday after the moment you start hearing it from everybody is the moment you're about to lose your shirt, uh, because yeah. once it becomes a you know a, it's a conversation at a party, you're already the loser of whatever you bought because it's dumping on you right now, and literally that's what's happening to Bitcoin. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know I, I just was goofing around with a couple hundred. I got out of it because I'm like, oh, this is too volatile for me to even get. Unfortunately, a recommendation: if you do that, close your account, get rid of the bank account information because that is the cryptocurrency is definitely a target for these for these sim swappers. So. Yeah, it's awful. So now you, you had anything else you want to let us know about what happened to you and then maybe some recommendations as far as how to prevent it happening in the future? No, I, you know, the, the, as I said, the next week when uh, when the three to five days passed, Google did uh, walk me through a recovery process. I did get my Google account back, yeah. which um, I, I still, then I filled out the form for Twitter. I, I, I didn't get that back. I had to actually use some of my influence to help help with that. Which is unfortunate because I'm, yeah. I'm actually Twitter user number twenty one eighty two or something. I mean, I was I've been there since two thousand six. It's not so much 
you know, that I, I Twitter's critical, but I've been there a long time. It kind yeah. of meant something to me, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got it all back. Yeah. Um, my Google, of course, all my labels were wiped out and there's missing emails. Google's working with me to recover those. Mm-hmm. I, I have everything back. The bank credited back the 25,000. They said they, they didn't process that Bitcoin in the end. That's so good. that's good. Um, <laughs> and, and I've, kind of the recommendations and what I do next, I've taken all my Chrome passwords off there. I I try to now, every time I have a service, no longer use SMS as my two-factor. Yeah. Um, I've gone to mostly Google Authenticator or other means rather than text messaging. Well, what about a physical key? Because I've heard Authenticator is a bit of a nightmare too. Yeah, that's, that's I have on order. So the physical uh, keys? Called, I think it's called Google Advanced Protection. There's yeah. key. There's other physical key methods. And uh, actually, the Pixel phones can be used as a, as a physical key, which I now have set up as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Pixel Pixel phones. Yeah. So, Well, Matt, I mean, I yeah. appreciate you very much for uh, coming on the show and giving folks this, uh, this story. And I, I strongly recommend everybody goes out to uh, our link here and reads Matt's story about what he went through. And uh, as far as putting data on the cloud, are you going to think twice? Uh, I've already. I went to my Google Drive and took everything off there. I'll, I'll leave my photos because it's easy to share with family and friends. I don't care if people get my photos; right. they're out there anyway. Yeah. But any other data, I've pulled it all down. I, I'm just going to use physical drives. I know there's there's risk with any way you back things up, but yes. I, I just currently don't trust the cloud enough right now until I I get a good feeling that uh, that the carriers um, are going to. You know, allow another method for for getting into those accounts. Well, they they never chose to be used as a two factor ever. It would just happen to be geeks like just geeks, right? These dinglings decided, hey, you know what? We need to do a text message, man, to make it a second factor. T Mobile right. and, and and Verizon, those guys, there's customer service folks were selling sneakers last week. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and you know, that, I read a lot of stories about you know the crypto guys will go and say, hey, we'll give you ten thousand if you give us some numbers. Exactly. You know? and, it's hard to resist that kind of stuff and that kind of money that's floating around. Yeah, so don't use your phone necessarily as two-factor unless you have a, t- a technology involved. A text to your phone is not a good idea. Absolutely. Matt, I really appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, we'll put links out here for you uh, for folks to read your article. Uh, Matt David, uh, Matt Miller is a tech blogger over at ZDNet, and uh, you also check out his podcast. We've got a link for that as well at Mobile Tech, tech Roundup. Thanks, Matt. All right, thanks for having me. Appreciate yep. it. Talk to you soon. All right, guys, we'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We have one line open for you, and uh, if you have a story similar to Matt's, feel free to call in on that. Um, and we'll talk about that as well. Let's get right to your calls. we got Beth, who's been on the line since the show started out there in stores. Hey, Beth. Hi. What's up? Um, I've got a uh, Toshiba satellite laptop. Okay. And um, all of a sudden, half the keys on the keyboard stopped working. So I have to put uh, the, a, key, a screen keyboard up and just peck with one finger, the, uh, you know, type, typing things in. Yep. How old is this laptop? It's ancient. I was going to say. I got it in uh, 2013. Yeah, it's getting up there in age. I mean, yeah. if you, can it even accept an external keyboard like a USB keyboard? Um, can you plug Can you plug that in? Like, go to go and pick up a twenty dollars keyboard at Staples and plug it into the laptop. It probably will work if it if it'll accept a USB keyboard. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't think of that. And I know my son has a keyboard that plugs in. Um, yeah, try that. See if it'll work for you. Just to test it before you buy one. If you if you still want to use a satellite. Well, just until I can save enough money to to buy a new one, a new computer. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you're um, not going to fix it, I don't think, right, Bob? How old is it? 2013. 2013. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, six years. But I mean, the, half of the keys still work. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what I think happened is, and I could be wrong, but yeah. there's a little ribbon cable that's underneath the keyboard. You'd have to take the computer apart yeah. and like reseat it because if it pulls out part way, then you don't get all the connectors. Yeah, it could have wiggled yeah. on you. It could and have wiggled. It could be that the circuitry in the keyboard itself went, and then you'd have to replace the keyboard. Not worth and it. Typically, they're yeah. out there, but the prices can range anywhere from ten dollars to one hundred fifty dollars. I'm looking here at two. Labor. I'm looking here at two hundred dollars for these keyboards. Yeah, so there you go. Mm. So I wouldn't do that. So I'd just, buy a new computer before I. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's old. what I plan to do. Is I'm trying to limp along right now until I can do that. Well, borrow your son's keyboard, and see if it works. If it's a USB keyboard, plug it into the side of the laptop, and maybe it'll detect it, and you can use it as a keyboard. Okay. Um, and then you know it'll work. Then you can just go out and buy yeah. a twenty dollars USB keyboard for yourself yeah, and give your now. son's yeah. keyboard okay, back. That, that'll work. But don't okay. go too Thanks crazy. So You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> Thanks very much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye bye. All right, let's go on to our next caller, Don in Canton. Next morning, Don. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Sure. Uh, re- recently, well, actually, it started a couple of months ago. I get a, uh, I don't know if it's malware or, or, or a virus, but uh, a bunch of windows come on the screen, and there's bells and whistles, and they say, you know, call this number, or we're going to lock down your, you know, lock down your computer or ruin your files or anything like that. And uh first couple of times, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I closed down the computer, and then, uh, I used Malwarebytes to check it out, I, uh, Windows Defender, and uh, it was fine. And it didn't come back. Right. But, but, so, anyway, a couple of, yesterday I had it, and I couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. So I tried. I first tried a Defender, uh, oh, Malwarebytes, I tried that, and yeah. uh, nothing. It said, it said everything was okay. Then I tried uh, this Defender, just a, a quickie scan. Right. That didn't work. I, I tried a full scan. Yeah. And it picked up. It picked up a virus. Oh. And then I uh, and I guess it said it was quarantined. Okay. So the computer was working fine, but now this morning it, it's it, this this thing is back again. Yeah, it's, it's not back again. And I and it's just it, it's very 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 persistent. And right. I, I do the same thing again. I tried a, a full defender scan. Right. Didn't didn't find anything. No, you're not. Bites didn't find anything. It's... And uh, I let it sit for a while. Yeah. And I picked it up, and it seemed to be okay for a couple of minutes. But I'm just wondering, what, what, what is, what, what is this? Is this malware? Is it a virus? Um, well, it's not a virus because you've already done the check and you don't have any. What it is, it's a browser hijack. So a browser hijack. Okay. You're surfing somewhere, wherever I am. you are, and you're surfing well, somewhere that delivered this to you because of okay. where because of where you're surfing. Um. And now it's in your cache of your browser. And so it's going to pop up and try to scare you into calling that number. And then some fake Microsoft support guy is going to yes. take, take your money yes. and have you remote in. So you, you're right to be scanning things, but it's not a virus. It's a browser hijack. So you need to go and clear the cache on your browsers. All right. So you just go whichever browsers you're using, clear all their cache. And make sure you implement OpenDNS, which I can guarantee you are not using. 
Oh, oh uh, open, open DNS. Yeah, I heard you talk about it about a month or two ago. Yep. Okay. So implement open DNS so you're going to be on a little safer um, internet. So it'll it'll block you from going wherever you're going to get this browser hijacked because wherever you're surfing is delivering this to your to your browser cache, and now it's it's popping up and and uh, it's it's fake. It's not a virus. You don't have a virus yet. The moment you call these guys, they're going to put stuff on your system, and you might have a virus after you talk to them. Right. Right. But I don't think you have one now. It's just a browser, a browser hijack, a browser pop-up. So a browser hijack. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm guessing uh, it know, is. Cleaning out the cache. I'm using Edge. I know you guys. You know, You're you using know, Edge too. Like, You're not listening to anything we tell you to do, Don. I, I know. I I, I, I cringe. I said to my wife, they're gonna they're gonna slap my hand. Well, it's like go to a doctor. He's, he's gonna tell. You, it's like go to a doctor and he's gonna tell you to lose thirty pounds, and then you you know you don't. Well, you know, <laughs> Oh no, I know. Well, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, well, you know what it is. Yeah. Okay, the reason I'm sticking with it because I it was, it was fine for a while. Yeah. All my favorites, oh. my financial financial links. Yeah. Uh, for bill paying bills, banking, sure. financial, all those favorites and a, and a bunch of others are on on, on edge. edge. Yeah, the hackers and love that so the best. It's it's. Nice in it's one a, place. It, it would be a big job. <laughs> well, this morning I, I went to Mozilla. It's just very to get into Facebook, and that was fine. Yeah, but you know, Mozilla, I don't have. Uh, I have like one or two favorites. Yeah, it, it's just that the convenience of Edge and just the transfer. Okay, I, it's I, it's it's very easy. You can go to another browser, be it Mozilla Firefox or Google Chrome. Right. If you click the three dots, or you go up into uh, the yeah. settings, you, there's a button in there where it'll import all your settings. In seconds. From Edge, in seconds. So it's not a big job. No. And again, Edge, anything Microsoft, is not as secure as it really could be, uh, as we've said for the past 15 years. Um, and Microsoft has earned their low ranking as far as browsers uh, on their own. That's why they're creating <laughs> yeah. a new browser based on the Chromium right. open source software. Right. So yeah. don't do not do what you're doing uh, because of convenience, because you're, you're going to make it easier for the bad guys. But, you know, get... Get um, running on OpenDNS. Um, do, do you explain on your website? Do you uh, kind of explain how to how to uh, yeah. implement that? Yeah, we do, and it's right from. Yeah, go out there, follow the instructions. We'll put a link up there to OpenDNS again, and it'll reduce greatly your chances of being impacted by these types of scams and these types of, of pop up. Because wherever you're surfing, you're surfing somewhere. Edge is not capable of protecting you clearly because it's delivering this right to you. Thank uh, you. Open, yeah, open DNS is—is is that a yeah, is a dumb question? I don't know. No, no. Question is—is that—is uh, that a browser? No, open DNS. And so you, DNS is a. So basically, it comes as an IP. Um, your 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 connection to the the internet, right? The internet's the interwebs, okay. as it were, okay. Okay. comes via okay. a pathway from your internet yeah. provider. And right. let's say you're using Cox or Comcast or what have you. Their pathway is a wide open DNS access to anywhere you want to go on the internet, right? It's a wide open, free, you know, free and open internet. Go ahead and go anywhere you want. Open DNS is saying, guess what? We know where all the bad places are, and we're not going to let you go there unless you really, really want to. And so it's going to protect you from those bad neighborhoods on the internet, which your current internet provider seems happy to let you go to. I gotcha. So that's, that's, 
Open DNS is, is something you're putting putting in between there. Or it's, uh, it's not a browser, but it's uh, it's a better highway. Think of it as think of it highway. as the okay. HOV lane. Remember how we put these HOV lanes in Connecticut to solve <laughs> right, our transportation right. problems? It's that lane that I find myself all my all by myself in when I got my kids in the car. That's what it is. It's the Open DNS HOV lane of the internet. You're not going to get run over by some guy texting while he's driving on the main on the main lanes. How about that? Uh, very good, very good. Just one, one final thing now, clearing, clearing the cache yes. in, in a browser. Um, we can put a link up for if that. If I just pick around in there, I'll find how to do no, that. No, we'll put a link as to how to clean your Edge browser cache. Oh, you're going to put that out there? Yeah, come on. We're a full-service uh, radio program. Okay, well, okay. Uh, all right. Tadcomputer.com. Nope. The name of the show.com, which works, or computertalkwithtad.com, which computer is... Computertalkwithtad.com. T- tab, yeah, as in okay. B as in boy, not Tad. Tab. No, I know Tab. Tab. Right. and boy. You got it. Okay. Computer talk Tab. It's going to be uh, clear the cache and. Yep. We'll be, Don, you're going to have three about. links all for you. We got to go. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.